Well, hey there. Welcome to this episode of Uncommon Conversations, where we talk to community leaders about how they build and support their communities to deepen relationships, build better products, and drive business impact. I'm Rebecca, the head of Common Room's Uncommon Community, and I'm super glad you're here. Learn more about the Uncommon Community at commonroom.io slash uncommon, or accept this cordial invitation to join me and more than 1,000 other community builders in the Uncommon Community Slack. And if you're looking for the best way to help activate and grow your community, get started with Common Room for free today at commonroom.io. I'll see you on the other side. Hey, Mary. Thanks so much for being here. April of this year, you joined Ironclad as its Chief Community Officer or CCO. What brings the Ironclad community together? Yeah, so the goal here is to build the world's leading member-driven digital contracting community. So that's the purpose and the focus. It's really going to be open to anyone who uses Ironclad, so that's our product, or just has an interest in learning more about digital contracting or is passionate in, in the space. And honestly, there are a lot of people out there who are very passionate about digital contracting. Um, so since the beginning, Ironclad as a company has been really um, cared about supporting and engaging the people around its platform. And just bringing me in is kind of about doubling down on empowering that community and investing in our customers, the experts, and everyone who kind of either works on Ironclad or is interested in this space. I think you're in a really unique position to understand Ironclad's community members and and to build it out and to build out the programs and systems um, to serve both the Ironclad community, people interested in digital contracting, um, and the business and Ironclad. Um, And this is probably in large part due to your tenure of experience in this space and sort of as a community member yourself. So will you tell us a bit about your prior experience at Google? What led you to the idea of community as a function? Um, And perhaps how your experience helps guide your role at Ironclad um, to advance the business of law? Sure. So so there's a lot there. it's an interesting space. And if we just talk about community generally, I, I discovered community in my role when I started at Google um, and I was in a role called legal operations. And when I started, it was kind of this really undefined job. There were no other people that did legal operations. If you Googled the term, you would find nothing. And so it was, you know, in my view, sort of like this invented role that had no best practices, there was no standard operating procedure, you're kind of making up operations for a legal department as you went along. And that's different from like finance and marketing and sales, all these other verticals that have been disrupted and have had innovation and had operational verticals. But legal was kind of the last shoe to fall. And so some of us who were in this space, you know, again, we're kind of making the job up and trying to figure it out. And that's a very lonely feeling, right? You're kind of just on your own. You don't, you're trying new things. You don't know what's going to work. You don't know which technologies to use. You just don't have a playbook. And a few of us in Silicon Valley, so I was at Google and I met a bunch of people at these other tech companies who said, let's get together for lunch. I think we all do the same thing and let's share ideas and best practices. And so I kind of went into the first meeting very skeptical, kind of not thinking that there would be anyone else with the same made up job. But lo and behold, you walk into a room and you feel this sense of like immediate belonging, right, that you have found your people and you're like, hey, I'm working on this billing system or I'm working on working with my law firms on XYZ. And this whole room of people are going, yeah, so am I. And this is what I've done. And this is what's worked. And this was this is what hasn't worked. And that immediate feeling of 
wow, I have found my people and we're actually able to help each other in our jobs, in our careers, in our departments. Like that was a really wonderful feeling and it helped us all in our careers. And so that was um, a group that eventually I helped found, create, and was the president of outside of my Google job. We created an association or organization of business professionals in the legal operations space, and that was called CLOCK. And CLOCK exploded uh, over the next couple of years to be an, an entire movement in the legal industry, and that kind of changed and created innovation in the space. But my point of telling the story is that what I've realized is that there's there's a lot of roles out there, especially now that are that are new, right? The community is actually a perfect example of something that maps, you know, a lot like legal operations was when I started. That we need each other. We need the power of many to like progress our own departments, our own companies, our our entire industry. And so that's kind of how I learned about community. Um, and I'm trying to bring you know those learnings that I had in building that organization and that feeling of helping each other be successful, kind of to now a B2B SaaS company in Ironclad. Yeah, I love how you're like, we are just figuring out legal operations and uh, you are clearly pretty bold and pretty brave because you're stepping into this new, or I, not that community is new, but it as a space and people recognizing it and elevating it as a space is, is emerging. Um, and so, I think that could even be seen in your title, right? You're one of a handful of chief community officers and the title and the job function around community in general is really only recently seeming to gain the traction and notoriety that it deserves, um, or as I, as I would posit it, that it deserves. Um, so how do you view the CCO role in the landscape of C-suite titles um, and the role's importance to the idea of building an enduring business? Um, like, what does it mean to you to serve both community needs and business needs and sort of marry those two as a win-win situation? Yeah. So again, I'm at a B2B SaaS company, and I think that more and more companies are kind of adopting and understanding the value that community can bring, not just to the company and the business itself, but also to your users, your members. And so you're going to see, I think, a lot more growth and acceleration of pace in, in the growth of communities in our space. Um, I, I think it's fantastic that it's in the C-suite and such a, a visionary statement um, by our CEO, Jason Baymig at Ironclad, who, like I said, has always had community at the heart of the company and part of the culture since its very founding in 2015, 2016. And bringing me in um, at this level is really a signal to, you know, to the market, to the company, to our customers and members about how important this is to us and how we're really double downing on customer success and the community and making a real investment in this space. Um, as many of us know who have worked in this area, it's not easy. It's not something you just spin up on the side and you know hope goes well. If you wanna do it right, it takes the, the right level of commitment, investment and empowerment in that function uh, in order to see the real results and the impact of it. Yeah, I, you may have read my mind because I actually wanted to ask you a question that revolves around Jason Baymig and something, something that he said when you came on board. Um, so he said, community has been at the center of everything that we do since the beginning, and there's no one better to lead this mission than Mary. So in past conversations with community experts, we've heard repeatedly that internal stakeholders and partners have to be aligned in terms of why community is important and why the community team or role 
role type is important and what they expect from the team, what they expect the community team to deliver. Uh, could you share a bit about the conversations that you and Jason had when you were discussing internally the expectations and outcomes from building a community team and from this CCO role? Yeah, so as I mentioned, you know, one of the big focal points of the community that, that Ironclad has had and is now relaunching is about our, our members, about our users of the Ironclad platform. And that, a lot of those folks that we start with are actually in the legal operations function or in the legal world. And of course, our, our users and our stakeholders goes far beyond that as really anyone who touches contracts. Um, but sort of the first touch point is often the legal department and the legal ops professionals. And so bringing me in is kind of, I, I have that experience as a customer. I have that point of view of kind of what's important and also, you know, have grown a community of legal ops professionals. And so I kind of know this space really well. Um, I think that's why he sort of thought that I was uniquely suited for this, but um, the expectations for the role, what, what I love about this role at Ironclad, and I don't know that I would really even consider this elsewhere, is again, how important it is to the company. And, you know, I talked to a lot of folks in the community space who there's, you know, there's a lot out there about how to make a business case, how to convince, you know, your CEO that this is important to invest in. And I didn't have to do any of that. That was, that groundwork was already laid. And so this is just the best environment to be able to walk into and have this role because the culture is there in that every function in the company is already a big believer in the power that community can have and the impact it can have on the business. So the community that we plan to, again, relaunch is not a marketing community. It is not about generating, you know, marketing leads. It is also not about just customer success. Like we view it as a business strategy. And if it's done correctly, it's actually going to be a growth engine that is going to create value for all parts of the company, you know, sales and marketing, sure. Product and engineering, absolutely. Customer success, yes. You know, all the parts of the company, but even more so it adds value to our customers and it creates um, this sense of a tie like to more than just Ironclad as software. So you're not just buying software. When you come to Ironclad, you're getting an entire community of people who are here to support you and who are interested and vested in your success with the product, with your job, in your career, in your company. And so I think the fact that we're all aligned on that as a company is fantastic because community is such a cross-functional function. So, you know, we talked about how does the role work in the C-suite? Well, I have got to play well with all the different function areas that work in the company and you can't really do community alone. And so the fact, again, that it is well established that everyone's got a part to play in community and that this is a, you know, a team effort um, is just a fantastic place to walk into. The last thing I'll, I'll mention is um, before I got to Ironclad, I already, you know, was a big fan of the company and followed it along, but it's also been the one company that, you know, as a, as a customer uh, and, and a buyer of these types of products and services in the past, that you find a bunch of people out there in the industry raving about it. You know, we're Ironclad users and we love it. And you just don't hear that a lot. I mean, anyone who uses software you know, as a B2B buyer is often complaining about how terrible it is, how rigid it is, how there's no support. And the customer um, and the followers and the fans of Ironclad with just such 
vocal advocates kind of on their own that I also knew this is already a strong community that I'm walking into. So what a, what a gift. I mean, it's just been um, a great environment to be able to walk into and now have the mandate to, to build this out to the next level. Yeah, it's sort of like when you were discussing how you went out to lunch with your friends and realized that you did belong, that there was a community around this. Instead of getting a table for 10, you're getting a table for 10,000. And you're like, oh, great. Um, exactly. I love that. And you said the word mandate. And again, I think maybe you read my mind because you, when you stepped into the CCO role, you described your mandate as to create the world's leading community focused on unlocking the value of digital contracts. Um, that's a super bold mandate. And I love it. Uh, I love the boldness. I love that you know what vision that you're going in or the direction you're going in and that vision. But with all journeys, it begins at the first step. And so I'm wondering if you can tell us a bit about where you and your team are at today. Um, what's your step one in enabling that vision to come true alongside your community? Yeah, so there's already kind of been community 1.0 at Ironclad. So it, it's been a big focus since the beginning, even before I got here. And they they did a great job. They created a successful following and fans through you know events and different efforts. But now what we want to do is take it to the next level. So to date in the past, it's been a lot of sort of unstructured informal exchanges, like I said, events per year, a newsletter, a lot of enthusiasm though around the brand. And what has been, you know, in my mind missing, which is not a criticism of, you know, 1.0, but to take it to the next level, we need to have that clear vision, a clear purpose and a clear focus so that everyone knows why they need to be giving up their most precious resource, their time to be here and want to be here. Um, and so that is sort of, that was, that was kind of the, the first thing that I got here and worked on. And in addition, the relationship in the past was really between Ironclad and the members of the community. And what we want to do now is to create a true member-to-member, peer-to-peer experience and to facilitate that. Um, and so our first priorities are going to be, you know, focusing on the members and providing uh, a means for them to access people and content uh, and solutions that will make them successful in their roles and their organizations and be able to kind of share with each other. Um, the second is going to be on scaling customer success. And so that means um, creating content, creating a way for them to find each other and share best practices. Um, and, you know, that will make them more successful in the way that deploy the, the, the system. Um, and then finally, you know, what a lot of this is about is community-led growth. And so how can we create an engine for sales and marketing and product to have a voice uh, of the customer and truly understand from the community what's wanted, what's needed, what's working, what could be better. And so all of that is uh, kind of the first the first step that's a lot. I mean, that's like the first, second, and third, <laughs> third step, but um, that's where we're starting to focus. Elevating from, you know, version 1.0 to 2.0, that's also a 100%, you know, elevation. So it, there's a lot of steps involved for sure. And I'm wondering if you could break that down perhaps a little bit more in terms of tactics even. So there's a long-term vision, right? But then there, there's the right now needs in order to hit those sort of three pillars or those three steps. Yeah. Can you give us a little insight into how your team has started to divvy up, hey, here's where we're going to tackle first and here's how we're going to do it. Um, yep. Here's how we're going to assign it, that sort of thing. Yeah, so we spent probably the first, um, we, myself, I spent 
the uh, first 30, 60 days, really coming up with the vision, the mission, the purpose, and the focus that I talked about. And now we're moving into the tactical execution phase. So that includes building out a team, but also putting together the components of the community. That included you know, doing an RFP, understanding our, our business requirements for an online platform, because again, we wanted to create a place for our members to communicate with their peers, and that did not exist in the past. So did an RFP, trying to figure out what the right platform is to, to host an online community, and now kind of defining what that will look like. Like there will be a forum. Um, will there be a health center? Will there, what will the events calendar look like? You know, what are the in-person, what are the um, virtual events that we'll have? How will content and uh, education play a part? And what are the components of that content? So now we're really getting sort of into the nitty gritty. What would that user, user journey look like when they're a member and what will it include? How will they interact with each other? Which platform did you end up choosing from that RFP process? We're currently in the process of implementing Chorus. And how did Chorus maybe win out? What what were you looking for specifically? Yeah, so we looked we looked at a lot of different a lot of different things, um, and I found that there were some that were better for and like so I come from I've done this before in my past life where some were better for associations, right? Some for uh, organizations that are more focused on uh, the association experience. Then there are some that are more focused on the B2B experience, which is kind of what we want. And so that customer success health center integration piece is, is a big part of it. So that helped narrow us down a little bit. Um, then, you know, I think there were some that had better UI than others. Um, I was hoping for something that we could configure and work on ourselves that had um, the, the features kind of that I talked about that we absolutely needed. At the end of the day, um, what won me over with Chorus was the fact that you can interact with the forum via email. And, and that was, and, the, and they actually told me Slack too, but now during the implementation, I'm not totally sure how that's gonna work. But the bottom line for me, um, also just because I've worked with this target audience before, I kind of know where they work and how they work. And one of the principles that we put together um, for the community as a whole is meet people where they are. And that means if they're used to using email all day, making them go and interact with another platform is a point of friction, right? And so we wanna make it as easy as possible to share and consume content. And um, for me, I just know that people are gonna interact with it a lot more if they can access it in email where they're working all day, rather than logging into a forum and kind of saying, oh, is there anyone I can help today? That's a big ask. Um, and that's a big change and a, a step that I don't know that people would be willing to do on a regular basis. So I want to make it easy for them to see what's coming through on their email or Slack channels. And so that that for me was a big differentiator. Yeah, I love that. I, I think at, at Common Room, we feel similarly, right? Like if there's something your customer is really familiar with, then allow them to fit community into their lifestyle rather than saying, if you want to be a part of the community, you have right. to come here. Um, that's super great. I would love to also ask if there are certain content pieces that you want to focus on first. So now you're tactically saying, okay, that we know that we're going to have these buckets of content. Um, but how did you narrow down which content to prioritize? Cause it's no lightweight piece of, um, of, it's no lightweight effort, right. To make a great piece of content that truly is helpful to community members. And so how did you sort of start to think about content with the biggest ROI in terms of support and connection and enhancing of workflows and such? Yeah. And this is where 
I think it's so amazing the collaboration and the cross-functional uh, work that's taking place because we have a success team that has created really great, you know, sort of help center and help uh, self-service content. We have um, a marketing team that has created really great user stories, success stories, how-to guides, and so we'll be featuring some of that as well. And you know, the bottom line is. Um, the content that I would love to showcase for the community is going to help educate and help make them successful. And what you often hear from our users is, hey, how is everybody else using your tool? How, you know, what reports are they using? What metadata are they tracking? How many approvals do they require? How does, you know, what workflow use cases do they have? And all that innovation and creativity is coming from our users. And so want to be able to facilitate them sharing and creating this platform for them to showcase themselves. So folks are, you know, always happy to share with other people, tell, you know, how they've implemented and how they're using our systems and tools. And we want to make stars out of them, right? And so creating content that features their stories and their journeys not only helps them kind of amplify their voice in the community and, and their name and, you know, their brand really, but that also is content that everyone else is, is dying to hear and to consume. So it's really a win-win of putting the folks together. Yeah. Uh, I also think it's always, right, just such a fun thing to be able to acknowledge and amplify someone else's work. That's amazing. Um, I'm curious if you can tell me a little bit about the metrics that are most important to you and your team. And so in that same spirit, right, of sort of evaluating what's working, what's not, um, what or the metadata right people want to know like what metadata are you tracking so i would love to know what what metrics you'll be tracking or if you've been able to define those in terms of saying this approach is working or we might want to pivot our approach so admittedly metrics are really hard in community um so i think i i sort of see them in two different buckets of metrics that i want to be able to track the first set is whether the community itself is healthy and strong so that is just like community success metrics. And, you know, I think a lot of folks will look at membership numbers and whether those are growing or not. And, and I think that's important, especially in the beginning, but really the engagement metrics are more important to me. So I would rather have a small group of people who are, you know, strongly engaged with each other. That to me is a healthier community than a lot of numbers, but people only check in once and they never come back again. So, uh, you know, we're early days and we're still implementing software. Um, so I think it's hard for me to even know, we haven't even gotten to the module where I know what I can track and like if the metrics that I have in mind are even possible. But ideally, like in my mind with, if we're doing, you know, dream state right now, I would love to define and create some sort of health score for, um, for members as well as for the community as a whole, that would be some sort of weighted blend of, you know, time spent in the site, the content they're interacting with, how much they're posting, how many likes they're getting, that kind of thing, and putting it together in some sort of like a indexing score. That, that for me would be great. Um, but if we aren't able to do that, you know, looking at whether the community is healthy and strong is, again, just engagement numbers, for success on, um, you know, whether people are able to answer each other's questions, perhaps looking at the number of posts that are being answered by peers and, you know, not having to have Ironclad kind of step into that, um, where people are sharing content with each other, like how much, you know, how much that is happening. Um, and then 
the other piece of the other bucket that I mentioned in um, the metrics that we want to look at is going to be about the positive impact that community is having on the rest of the business. And so, of course, you know, we want to be a community that that generates a lot of value to our members. And that's the one piece that I'm that I'm measuring. The other piece is we also want to be a community that's generating a lot of value to ironclad. And can we measure that? And, and I do really think that if you are a successful community, you can help elevate kind of all the business performance metrics in the company. And again, that can be anything from you know your, your weekly average users and how long people are logged in to your retention rates to your sales and lead generation. Um, from a customer success perspective, like are you deflecting support tickets? Um, again, are people helping each other find new use cases and does that lead to an upsell? So there's all sorts of things that I think we would like to be able to track. Um, you know, are the people who are more engaged in, in the community likely to have higher net promoter scores or higher um, you know, general health and happiness scores with, with the product that we have? Are they likely to um, uh, higher uh, upsell rates. I, I don't yeah, like all the things that are, are there correlations between um, how much they're engaged with the community to how do we consider that an impact on the business. So there, again, there's just two buckets and still defining it, but have a lot of, a lot of wish lists <laughs> right now in the metrics. Yeah. And I think there's something totally to be said for there's there's certainly increase in raw number of community, but that doesn't necessarily equate to health. So how do you look at as the number of community members increase, do the number of contributions also increase exactly. in terms of threads of conversations, people answering each other's questions, connecting with each other, connecting each other to right. different resources. Right. Um, and then what is the sentiment within that, right? So I think exactly. that's something that we're really excited about in terms of the insights that we bring a common room that we we do end up saying like it's not just about number going up into the right of raw numbers but what is the quality of those contributions those mm -hmm. conversations and then what is the sentiment behind them um and also like when when we like to fancy to spin a yarn is so much about would community promoter score or cps at some point actually replace nps or it becomes almost synonymous, the two, because if your community is strongly promoting you, then that's radiating out into the universe in a way that net net uh, your promoter score is hopefully higher. Uh, yeah. Definitely a lot of wish lists there, but thank you for walking us through the types of things that uh, are important to you and your team as you grow it out. Um, so I want to take a minute to talk about your team. You said before that technology is really only important when it's placed in service to people. Um, and to do that in earnest, it's definitely more than a one human job. And as you said, it's a cross-functional, cross-organizational job. Um, what do you look for when you are hiring community team members? Yeah, great question. Um, so I am building out the team right now and it is uh, me and we have one other team member, Alex, who is community engagement. So he, as I describe it, is sort of front of the house. Um, and when the Community 2.0 launches, he will be the face of the community, kind of getting to know people, really listening in on their, you know, whether it's virtual or forum or in-person conversations and understanding how to connect, who are the people we should connect, or you're all in the same stage of challenge, let me put you together with an expert, but really being sort of the, the front of the house engagement piece that I think us, community folks understand that role pretty well. 
The second hire uh, that I thought um, what is really important um, and that I'm currently hiring for is strategy and operations. And it may be because my background is in strategy and operations, but I immediately kind of felt like that is a role we need, especially in the beginning as we're trying to define what this looks like, define the programs, scale it up, get it up and running. So kind of project management, program management, design strategy and execution role. And what kind of perhaps attributes uh really bring candidates alive for you when you're hiring for that type of role in a community lens? Yeah, and this is so interesting because um, as I mentioned, this community has so many parallel parallels to legal operations when I started there in that you're not gonna find, you know, tons of resumes of people who have been doing B2B community operations or community engagement for the last 10 years. It just, it doesn't exist. And so you have to really, um, like you said, figure out what are the skills and qualities that you're looking for in that person. And there's going to be some um, development and training and kind of figuring it out together as we go along. So what I learned from my past experience in growing, you know, my team at Google went from me to over 60 people when I left. And all of those people had zero experience in legal operations when they started and didn't know anything about that. So I think it is challenging because there are bright people out there perhaps who would be great in these roles, but don't know anything about it. And they're like, what is this community thing? And why would I want to do this? Um, and you've got to really figure out, like you said, what, what you need. For me, I think uh, community is something that can be learned and that the underlying skill set of just being a good project manager, have business acumen, be really structured in your thinking and be a problem solver, those are the skills that I'm kind of looking for someone to bring, bringing like uh, rigor and the ability to scale an organization, those thoughts into this role and all the kind of like experience of how does a community work and what are all the different aspects of it. I feel like I can teach that and look, none of us are experts. None of us have been doing this for that long anyway. You know, so I, we're all veterans who have done it for like five years. So in that sense, I think there's a lot to be discovered. So you need someone who has um, the ability or the desire to work in a field that's a little bit ambiguous and to maybe love that creativity and innovation. Um, so that that type of personality uh, does well in these roles. It sounds fun to me, but maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so as a leader paving the way for community, especially as someone in the C-suite, where do you envision the function of community in three, five, 10 years? Yeah, that's a really exciting thing to think about. And I sort of hesitate to, to say anything out loud because I have like, I go to sleep thinking all the big thoughts about where this can go in the future. I will say we would love um, as, a, as a more near-term goal, so maybe three years, the community at Ironclad to be really viewed as almost like a product line, an extension, something that people want to be a part of and want to buy Ironclad because of it. So, you know, we're a software company and we can put out different lines of software, but can, can we have community be such an integral part of who we are and why we're successful and why people love the product, which I think it can and will be, that it, it almost becomes, you know, a plus when you're evaluating different providers to go with. Um, I, I also think that it has the opportunity to be bigger than what we think it is in that 
you know, we've talked about the value that it can bring to the members. It's the value that it can bring to the company. But I really believe that industry change and the future of what we can do with, say, digital contracting, not to nerd out on digital contracting here, but it, it's it's gonna it's new, right? It's it's gonna require people to change an industry, and you can't just do it with software alone. And so, you know, I think that there's a movement here that can be created in defining what the future of really business execution with the backbone of digital contracting can look like, and and that's uh, that's really exciting to me. Yeah, and I think part of at least the beginning part of your uh, discourse on that is really community is a brand pillar, right? It's not just like a nice to have or like, but the same way that people spend a lot of time saying, what does our logo look like? And how do we have our voice and tone? And what are our visuals? And what how do we throw events? Community is totally a piece of the brand that is part of the identity of the person who's buying that brand. Absolutely, 100%. And, and that needs to come through in your corporate culture, in your community culture, in your in-person events, in your virtual events, in your forums, in the way you communicate. Like it's got to feel cohesive and it, it needs to feel um, really genuine and, and like, like you. And I think that's something that we're trying to be really intentional about in, in all the way that we communicate you know, publicly and within our community of who, who are we as Ironclad? What do we believe in? And how is that going to for me to, you know, kind of all the, the aspects of it. Well, I think Ironclad is really lucky to have you, uh, someone who understands this both as a customer sort of of community and now a leader, a long time leader, a long time five-year leader in community. Um, <laughs> so as always, we at Uncommon and at Common Room are really, really excited about Uncommon support. Um, it's important for us to embody what we believe and that's that a community is strongest when it uplifts one another. And so to that end, every time we have a expert conversation, we ask you to choose a nonprofit whose cause and mission that you would like to highlight and then Uncommon will donate in your honor. Um, and so I'm wondering if you can tell us a bit about the organization that you and Ironclad chose to dedicate your Uncommon support to. Yeah, I love that you do that. And in thinking about that um, and just the period of time that we're in getting ready for the Olympics, the one that kind of um, came out to me was Special Olympics. And I have always admired creating a space for those who are super mentally and physically strong, who believe they can do something and watch, give them the opportunity to, to achieve their goals and dreams. And it's such an amazing um, organization. And so that is what I've chosen. And uh, excited to watch all the different Olympics this year. Absolutely. We are so glad to um, to donate to the Special Olympics. And thank you for choosing them, for highlighting their cause and their work. And also just so excited to watch the Olympics too. Thank you so much for having me. This, this was a lot of fun.